Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Take a really concerted effort, a prayerful effort this week to really consider the things that you say. I'm going to do the same thing. And you know, we ought not to just read this scripture and let it go in one ear and out the other. It has to be something that takes root in our heart. Like David, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right? We have to do that. Otherwise, why are we here? Why would I call myself a Christian if I don't want to obey the word of God? I need to be renewed. I need the Spirit of God to baptize me every single day. Welcome, everyone, to our Monday morning teaching on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues to explore how our speech can get in the way of continually seeking a godly life and staying within the will of God. Remember, as Christians, we are representing our God in all that we do. Pastor Rob reminds us that we can't do this alone, but we consistently need our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to lead us and renew us each day. We know we're unable to do anything without Him, and we should ask for a fresh filling of His Holy Spirit daily in order to possess the willingness to conduct ourselves in a godly way. Let's listen to Pastor Rob as he finalizes James chapter 3. Glad I'm asking him to because it's so important. You know, but I look at Peter and I find a kindred spirit because I find my, a lot of myself in Peter. Look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at a couple verses. Chapter 16, verse 13. You can go ahead and open there if you would. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, there's a clue. You're the Son of Man. <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, and then, so they said, verse 14, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Notice the good thing that Peter said. These are few and far between, by the way. You know, when he makes a positive comment, and it's constructive, and it's actually good. But Peter, turn with me to chapter 26 now. And again, these are all verses you know, but out of the same mouth can proceed blessing and cursing. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33, Peter says this. Peter answered and said to him, to Jesus, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. He didn't even know his own heart. It's true for most of us. I don't know my own heart. 
I can be put in a certain circumstance, in a certain situation, and all of a sudden something pops out of my mouth that I'm like, where did that come from? And the Lord's going, I knew it all along. You didn't know, but I knew it. Actually, before you were born, I knew this very day that you'd say that very thing, Rob. And guess what? I love you anyway. And then it behooves me to say, Lord, forgive me. And then we go back to 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, he is able to forgive us. And not only that, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But look what Peter says. Now go to, so Peter boasting with his tongue. Everybody will stumble, but I'm not going to stumble, Lord. I'm going to stay with you to the very end. Look at, with me at Matthew 26, verse 69. It says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and this is the time when Jesus was falsely arrested, and the night before, he or the day, just hours before he would be crucified. Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl, a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what, are your, what you are saying. Verse 71, and when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth, but again he denied with an oath, with an oath now. The ante is upped. No, I swear I didn't do it. I I don't know this man. I don't know him. And then in verse 73, and a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you're also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse. And to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And you think of this, out of the same man, he can deliver such wonderful prophetic things. And out of the same mouth, he can, he can actually deny the Lord. And such is true for all of us. Amen? Amen? Hopefully it won't happen, but when it does, we need to be faithful to forgive and ask God for forgiveness. I'm sorry. And the Apostle Paul also had this. Turn with me to Acts 23. Moses had the problem. He spoke rashly in Numbers chapter 20, you remember? God told him to speak to the rock in the wilderness. Water will come out for all the people. Just speak to the rock. But no, uh, Moses got his Louisville slugger out. And he whacked that rock twice. And God in his grace still gave water. But God says, you know what? Moses, as a result of that, you can't enter the promised land. But even the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, the one that we revere almost like Jesus, we ought not to do that because he's just a man. But notice what it says in Acts 23. We're going to look at the first five verses. He says, Then Paul, having earnestly looked at, looking earnestly at the council, the Sanhedrin, and this is right before Paul was going to be sent to Rome where he would ultimately find his doom and be martyred actually there. So he's arraigned now before the Sanhedrin. And it says, Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. And then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you, white, you whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law, and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? And do you really blame Paul? Any one of us might be willing to do something like that. When you're in a fit of anger, frustration, certainly by this time, Paul is seeing the writing on the wall, no pun intended, and he knows that this is all just a big sham. Everything, all these tricked uh, accusations, this, this, all this stuff is false and phony. And after a while, it gets to you. And even the most holy of men, unguarded, will say something. Because we are all sinners, right? 
Not one of us is not. And so, Paul, verse 4, it says, And those who stood by said, Do you revile God's high priest? And then Paul said, And he immediately caught it. And I'm so glad. This is the way we ought to be when we do mess up. Just fess up to it. He says, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, and he's quoting from a scripture here, You shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. And so even the great apostle Paul slips with the tongue, Out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is your heart saying to those around you? What is your mouth saying? How do you communicate to people? Take a really concerted effort, a prayerful effort this week to really consider the things that you say. I'm going to do the same thing. And you know, we ought not to just read this scripture and let it go in one ear and out the other. It has to be something that takes root in our heart. Like David, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right? We have to do that. Otherwise, why are we here? Why would I call myself a Christian if I don't want to obey the Word of God? I need to be renewed. I need the Spirit of God to baptize me every single day. Let's ask for it. Don't be afraid of it. Just ask Him. Say, God, I need you today. Without you, I can't do a thing. Without you, I can't function in this life. Can't do a thing. Lord, you have a plan for my life today. I have my own plan, but Lord, you interrupt it whenever you see fit. You interrupt it whenever you want. And let him guide you and be led by the still, small voice. And you'll be surprised when you think it's just your own thoughts and you do something that you hear in your head and your heart and you do it and you see the result. You're like, God, that was you. (laughs) It is that simple and it is that delicate. But if you're so busy that you can't hear the voice of God, I would encourage you to get unbusy unbusy yourself. We are the most busy people in the world. Turn off the phone. Get away. That's why some people would hide in a room. Lock yourself in, a, in, a, in, a, in, the, in the root cellar if you have to. Wherever you've got to go. Remember John Wesley's mother, they had a, a very large family and she had a bunch of little boys running around. And she had those, back in those days, she wore those big dresses with the umbrella thingy underneath them, you know. And, and she would actually pull that thing up over her head. And she would tell the kids, this is my time with Jesus. Wherever she was at, she just, you know, can you imagine a mother of seven or eight kids losing her mind? And she just pulled her dress up over her head. And she just said, I'm unavailable for a while. Go play with glass and nails and stuff. Right? Vipers. Get a bag of vipers, bag of glass, just go play with them. I'm going to speak with God, right? I'm going to have God speak to me. But Jesus, he says, a tree is known by its fruit. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. He says, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We, we heard that. So verse 12, he says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Rhetorical question. The obvious answer is no. A fig tree bears figs. A strawberry bush or a strawberry thing bears strawberries. An apple tree bears apples. And by the way, there's some really good apples at um, uh, Shoots Apple Farm. They're autumn crisps. And I, I even hate to tell you because now you're going to go there and there's not going to be any for us anymore. But they're really good. But you look at a fruit tree, you look at that and you're like, that is, a, that is an apple tree. It's an apple tree. Can a different kind of fruit grow on that tree? No, it can't. 
Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh water. Whatever is the source of your heart, your life, that is what is going to come out. Have you ever seen what this, uh, when salt water and fresh water look like when they converge together? Even in nature, there's a separation. Even in nature, you see the fresh water coming and hitting the salt. It's a different salinity. They don't mix very well, and you can actually see where the dividing line is. And so when he's saying, can no spring yields both salt and fresh. So we have to make a decision. Am I going to let my life be salty, or am I going to allow my, or am I going to allow my life to be fresh water or salt water? One's refreshing, one is not. I want to be a blessing to people. Do you want to be a blessing to people? Your own family especially, because those are the people that we usually hurt the most, because we're around them the most, and our guard is down the most. We, we tend to say things to them that we would never say to anyone else. And boy, how we hurt them. I don't know how many times I've hurt my daughter, not intentionally, but I've used what we call a daddy tone. Not yelling, but I can be very firm and very, you know, very clear and very direct, and I have this way of, like, cutting off her head with a word, <laughs> and, and I don't have to really raise my voice, and I don't mean to. That's something that you can pray for me about, honestly, because that's something that I really, it needs to go. I still need to get her attention, I still need her to submit, but I also need to say it in a way that it's going to reciprocate the right response that God would have. But someone has once said that the eyes are the window to the soul. You know, what's in your soul? What are the things you're looking at? How are those things coming out? So we need to take our calling and election sure and make the determination to walk in the Spirit that we might not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. Amen? In verse 13, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. In the meekness of wisdom. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Let no man deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in man. I love that. Let him show by good conduct. Isn't that, doesn't that kind of marry with what we talked about in chapter 2 just recently? Faith without works is dead. The things that I say, the things that I do, it ought to be the, the, the result of the faith that I have, right? Let, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Verse 14, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, you do not boast, but lie against the truth. And this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and sensual, even demonic. Wisdom that is self-seeking and bitter envy. Have you ever envied somebody? Have you been self-seeking? Even in, as, you, as you ask God for wisdom, is it because there's envy in your heart for something? Is it because you're self-seeking? And we see this all the time today. Politicians and those who are popular in music, movie stars, athletes, all are competing to get us to listen to their wisdom and for their influence to be adhered to. And what is the source of their wisdom? Have you considered that? Why do you spend so much time listening to somebody who doesn't even have the Spirit of God in them? If there's anyone that you're listening to for wisdom, it could be anyone, a radio personality, a TV show spokesman, whatever it may be. 
If they don't have the Spirit of God in you, you better be very careful as a child of God, the stuff you're listening to and what you're holding to. Because what is the source of their wisdom? If it's not the Word of God, then you better be really careful. Because even as Christians, we can be bamboozled into adhering to certain things just because they're conservative and right-wing. We find ourselves being led off path. And God is saying, be very careful. What is their motivation? What's the bias? Remember in James chapter 2? Don't be partial. Don't be partial, but gentle. In verse 18, it says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those... Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a verse. Verse 17. It says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, when you're walking in the Spirit and walking in the wisdom of God, there's a peace and a joy because you know you're in the Lord's will. You can rest your head on the pillow at night knowing that all the accounts have been settled and you sleep like a baby because there's no problem. Isn't that a wonderful thing when you can do that? Have the peace in your heart. But he says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's end this morning by going to Galatians chapter 5. Again, especially with that section in mind, let's read Galatians chapter 5, just 16 through verse 26, and you'll see some of the same things. Paul, speaking to the Galatians, says, I say then, and here's the impetus for us this morning. Here is the thing that we need to consider. He says, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, fl- the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. Sort of like the, the salt and the fresh water that we saw. They're, they're, they're at odds with one another. So that you do not the things that you wish. But, verse 18, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Here it is, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy. We just read that in the verse prior, those two things. Selfish ambitions, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If my life is marked by these things, if there's been no change, I, I, I claim to be a Christian. I claim to, I can say all the right things, I can quote the scriptures, but if there's no real change in my life, and I see these things still in my life. Now, every one of us has things, you probably relate to a few of these things, and God is working. Don't feel condemned about that, because we're not perfect. But as we confess those sins, he'll forgive us, and we continue to ask for the gift of repentance, right? But if your life has no desire really to walk in holiness, to walk with God, and your life is marked by these things, you have every reason to be fearful because there is an accountability. And it's important that we make that sure today. If there's anyone here this morning that is not absolutely sure, come and, and pray with somebody. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be any of the elders or the pastors. It can be. We'll be glad to talk to you and pray with you. Privately, we have to make a big thing. But if there is any doubt in your mind, do it today. 
Confess it today. Say, Lord, I want to start a new leaf. I want you to take this and, and sanctify this tongue in my, behind my teeth. Lord, help me to be that person. But notice what it says in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's love, singular. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And out of the, the results of that love are the rest of everything else. If you've got the love of God dwelling in within you, and you're, that's going to come out, and it's going to express itself in these things. Joy, peace, long-suffering. You're going to be patient. You're going to be developing in patience. Kindness. You're going to be developing in kindness. Goodness. There's going to be a goodness about you. You're going to be developing in faithfulness. You're going to be a gentle one. You're not going to be angry and frustrated and ready just to pound people. You're going to have self-control with the tongue or with the fists or with the feet. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so this really comes down to, Lord, I want to walk in your Spirit. Do you want to walk in the Spirit today? If you do, let's stand together. And I assume everyone will stand. (laughs) We all do, really, honestly. We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit. And you know what? Ask for the Lord. If you're a Christian this morning and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's no magic formula. There's no freakish display. There's nobody going to come up to you with a jacket, you know, a Hickey Freeman jacket, and swing it and, and hit you with it and say, you've been, you know, whatever. It doesn't happen like that. One of the sweetest moments of my life was when I was sitting on my couch right as I was saved. And it happened to me a, different, a number of different times over my Christian experience. But the first time was after I'd given my heart to the Lord. And I was sitting on my couch all alone in my apartment in DeLand, Florida, going to college in my senior year. And I was sitting on this couch. I remember exactly where I was. And I remember exactly what was happening. I was reading the Bible. And my 20-pound Maine Coon cat, was sitting up on top of the back, and he had his legs wrapped around here and his mouth over here snoring. And the Lord hit me. And I just, I just wept. And it was the most wonderful experience. Just to, I mean, just the Lord loving on you and filling you because and, and, he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And without that, we can't function in this life. Shouldn't even, it's, it's almost like if, if you went to a job if you're a construction worker and you show up on the job and you're, you're supposed to be digging holes for backfill to build these houses and, and you show up on the job, they don't give you the tools to do it, what are you going to do? Go out there with a, a spoon and start? No, they give you a backhoe. And the Lord as well, when he's got work for you to do and he's got to work for every one of us, you cannot do it without him. You shouldn't even attempt it without him. Don't do anything until the Lord, by his Spirit, tells you to do it, and until he empowers you to do it. Say, God, fill me today. I need it today. I need you today, Jesus. I don't need just it, because it sounds like some kind of impersonal thing. No, I need you, Holy Spirit of God. It's a male. He. I need you, Lord. Come into my heart, into my life. Fill me. Consume me. Consume me. What a blessing. Do you want to be consumed? You don't have to be afraid. Be consumed and be encouraged today and let the Lord fill you overflowing and your life will be a blessing to everyone around you. It'll be a blessing to you and you'll find yourself so excited 
And you'll always find yourself renewed every morning, for he daily loads us with benefits. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time. Pray that you'd be with us this week. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.